Hello, I'm Ron. And I'm Liz. And welcome to I Forgot to Tell You Something, the podcast here to give you hugs and sometimes help when life and ADHD collide. We forgot our keys, we forgot our wallets, but what we won't forget to tell you today is that no two experiences of ADHD are the same. We're speaking from our own lived experiences, our reading, and our work as ADHD coaches. Look, we're not doctors, and we don't know the specifics of your personal ADHD journey, but we invite you nonetheless to keep a spirit of curiosity as you listen to us. And if you have questions about your own experience, talk to your doctor. Hey folks, it's holidays, and I know for a lot of us, it's a weird and wacky time of listening to a lot of unsolicited opinions. Yeah, unsolicited opinions, stigmas, uh, sometimes some rude responses to talking about ADHD or just generally things that you struggle with with your ADHD when you're meeting with relatives that you haven't seen for a while. Yeah. So we've got a bit of an unhinged, chaotic episode for you today. Uh, it might be influenced by where I am on my menstrual cycle, and that's okay. <laughs> Look, we, we ranted a little bit, right? We, we're, we're about to talk about how to talk to your ignorant Aunt Susan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going a bit deep on what the hell is going on with all the drug shortages at the moment and how that's impacting people. Yeah, also maybe why it might seem like everyone has ADHD, even though I hate when people say that. But yeah, we're going we're gonna to dive into... Um, why some people might see that. Enjoy. It's 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 a little wild, but we think you can take it. We we also get a real inside look to how large Les's bladder is because we go <laughs> right up to the breaking point. Anyway, yes. Um, hope you enjoy. How are you today? I'm good. I'm real good. That, I'm tired, that's good. but I'm good. You Christmassy? I'm I'm Christmassy in all of the ways, not just the good ways. Like I I love Christmas, but here in the states, Christmas tends to be shitty weather. It's not it's not just all these beautiful little snow flurries that you see in the movies. Like it is gray and dismal and rainy. It's LA. It's LA yeah. winter. Even right. it, it's a bit so like I'm from New Jersey. Job. Even when it snows, it is not. It is rare that it is that, like, Christmas card kind of snow. Does it ever snow in L.A.? Sorry, that's a really bimbo question. No, but... it's not. You don't live here. I could ask you yeah. some real bimbo questions about Australia. Go on, hit me. Are there really these, like, little centipede things <laughs> that crawl on your clothes and, like, leave hairs that could, like, send you to the <laughs> hospital because they're, like, poisonous little hairs? Well, I've never had one on my clothes, but I have, yeah, I have brushed up against one and they really hurt. Yeah, they're horrible. I feel like everything in Australia is trying to kill you. Yeah, there are so many opportunities to die in Australia, Mm. but... Mostly. In, I live in Sydney, so there's there's not many creepy crawlies. We've got, my house is full of those little tiny German cockroaches that are really hard to kill. Ew. You know, like you get those, do you have cockroaches? Huh? They're not that yeah. big. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you have cockroaches? <laughs> this big. <laughs> this big. Size of a giant fucking loaf of bread cockroaches? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those ones, like those big fat ones that, you know, you can knock those fuckers out, but the little, the little tough angry ones yeah can't get rid of those Damn. we we went to australia a few years ago and we went to the blue mountains in katoomba beautiful and we got there it was dead but it was like a huntsman spider i think like that big in the windowsill the, yeah. it had like a face and i'm pretty sure a mustache and like <laughs> This thing was huge. And then we looked it up and they're like, oh, they travel in pairs. And we're like, fucking great. It's partner's dead. And it is about to murder us in our sleep. Yeah. So in Australia, if you get scared of a huntsman, 
like you're a bit of a pussy because they're not dangerous. So but they're yeah, fucking that, huge. you really exposed your they're massive. They're massive. Yeah, everyone was laughing. I think he was smoking a cigar. Like that thing was gigantic. (laughs) When you went to sleep, he had sex with your wife. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Jeez. I would let him too. I'd be like, okay, sorry, sir. (laughs) I'm. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just step aside and let you have a go. Uh, Yeah, have a go. That's my favorite Australian saying. I think. Wow. Yeah. Well, then I guess I am just a little bit of a wuss when it comes to that and i like spiders but that thing was massive absolutely massive anyway christmas right is that how we got here that's how we got to huntsman spiders welcome to the podcast where we not only forget to tell you about something but we forget what we were talking about what were we talking about christmas oh i am yeah christmas yeah, God, I've got a real case of the shits today. I'm mm. a bit pissed off, Ron. I'm okay. a bit premenstrual, right. but I'm a bit shitty. Yeah, it feels like there are lots of things to be pissed off about at the moment. About Christmas or just you're just pissed? Yeah, I'm I'm pissed off and, and I, I feel a bit bad saying this because I know in the US you guys have been dealing with um, ADHD med shortages. I don't feel bad. Know, it's our own fault. Yeah, well, for well over a year now, sure. like it's been fucked. But in Australia, it's it's really hitting us here. And I just think it's so unfair that people can't get the medications that they need and not just to, I don't know, have that extra 5 or 10% on top of their performance, but to be able to function. You know, whole families are affected by ADHD and... The parents can't get their meds. The kids can't get their meds. You know, when, when my son was younger, if he, if I'd run out of his meds for whatever reason, you know, <laughs> I forgot to fill them. All right, <laughs> I forgot to fill them. Yeah, uh, like that day, I wouldn't be able to send him to school. Yeah. Like it's it's really serious that people can't get their medications. And anyway, I'm pissed off about it. Why are what what's the the kind of conversation in Australia right now around it? Mm-hmm. Why is it happening? Well, first of all, the world's supply of stimulants is controlled by what what happens in the U.S. Yeah, because everything um, matters here and nowhere else. Just well, <laughs> this is a case where that's kind of true. Sure. No. Yeah. Actually. We. I mean. Yeah. At least here we think there. What did we have this conversation last week? Right. It's the U.S., <laughs> Europe, and everywhere else. In my PMSE rage on this subject, I went into a big, angry rabbit hole, you know, where you're jabbing the keys. Oh, fuck this, fuck that, fuck everyone. Is that how you look too? You're just like... Yeah. Great. I just want to... I'm I'm taking myself there. Continue. (laughs) Except in a robe with the computer (laughs) up here and, like, there's M&Ms in my cleavage. Uh The... So 75% of the whole world's methylphenidate, so the, the drug that's in Ritalin and Concerta, is manufactured in the US. So when the DEA control the quotas of how much methylphenidate can be manufactured, it affects not just domestic dis- supply, it affects the whole world's supply. And... I don't know, maybe the rest of the world needs to go, hmm, should we make these drugs ourselves? I don't know. It, that's not the U.S.'s fault, right, <laughs> that you guys are doing all the Everything heavy lifting. Everything's our fault. Like, I, I'm sure we could find, we could get there that it was our fault, but sure, yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. I think that Vyvanse, most dosages of Vyvanse in Australia will be, there'll be major stock issues until about May wow. in 2024. So it sucks. So I've had this conversation with people before, and I think this is a really great thing to dive into because you had brought up previously, but, and we've talked about the things that people say that are hurtful or that add to the stigma. I know I've gotten into some really pointless arguments with people online about things like this, but what do you think is really the main cause of, of this shortage? I mean, what, 
what is the thing that you get mad at? You said you were angry and you were typing with M&Ms in your cleavage. What <laughs> were you pissed off about the most? I'm pissed off that because the head of the DEA or the head of the USDA or because we're in an election period in the US, mm. I'm pissed off that because peoples have some stigmatized attitudes towards ADHD, it affects so many people around the world, right? And, and I'm not making that up. Like, I'm not making that no, up. I know for me, I think the one, there's so many, I really bitch about this idea that, you know, people are saying like, oh, I'm not putting my kid on meth or like that ADHD drugs can be addictive and blah, blah, blah. And it's, there's, those are such, not even half truths. Those are like 10% truths, right? They're not even yeah. maybe 2% truths, right? Even if it's being thrown away as a joke, right? I've heard so many stand-up comedians say, well, when I take my prescribed meth and, you know, while there are some drugs, even though most of them are, amphetamines there are some methamphetamines but there's a difference between that and the street drug meth and so many people don't understand that it's the joke around it is what causes so much difficulty getting this drug but that's that's one of the issues another thing that people say that i can't stand and and they and what sucks is, is they, they say it with genuine belief that this is how it is because it's their perception. But it's, well, it feels like everyone has ADHD these days or everyone I hear is is getting diagnosed. Or there's people that I feel like ever like just everyone I talk to seems to have it. And mm-hmm. that in itself does more than just stigmatize the the medication. But I know as someone with ADHD that makes me start to think that everything that I'm struggling with is made up. And and it's tricky with ADHD because the, say if if you go into a psychiatrist's office and they evaluate you for ADHD, you could be the most neurotypical person in the world and you would still tick off some of those traits. Like I I think the research shows that almost every adult will meet at least three of the 27 criteria for ADHD. So the things that we're talking about are things that everything everybody experiences, totally. right? So when, as people are talking about their experiences more, people go, well, yeah, that happens to me too. But you know what I do? I just fucking get on with it, mm. right? I don't sit around bitching and moaning and using it as an excuse for why I can't get anything done. And that whole excuse thing is a whole, that's something else oh, for me to get man, pissed off about. We're just going to have a bitching hour is what this is about. Yeah, let's well, just fucking do think it. Of it. Think of it as, you know, when explaining to people a symptom, right? We talk about a symptom because it's easier to explain. So when I say, oh, I struggle with being on time. It's compounded by the rest of my symptoms, right? It's not just that I show up late to things. It's that I show up late to things and I'm running around the house last second trying to get out the door and then my other ADHD symptoms start compounding the issue. So my trouble to emotionally regulate when I'm stressed out that I'm being late that now is not something that I can be like, all right, calm down, Ron, and just get it together. No, now that shit's at like an eight or a nine, and I'm freaking out, dropping things. Then I like running out the door with my coffee mug, and it drops on the floor and shatters everywhere. Now I have to clean that up or leave it, which might happen. Then it becomes an issue later on. And then I'm like, where are my keys? Oh, that's right. I have trouble organizing things and putting things where they belong because I don't have a place for them. Or if I do have a place for them, I forget where they are or I forgot to put them in that place when it happened. So now not only am I a little bit late, but I can't find my keys, my coffee mugs on the floor. There's coffee everywhere. 
someone's yelling at me or it's in my head maybe i don't know and i haven't been able to maybe notify the person that i'm supposed to be meeting that hey i'm running a little bit late because of the stress about that so all of that is what adhd is and it happens Mm -hmm. constantly totally i'm gonna jump off my high horse go ahead liz no get back on it are you having a beer (laughs) no this is liquid death we're not sponsored by them (laughs) but man i would love to be sponsored this is a water company Mm -hmm. and it is just delicious and their marketing is fantastic look there's like a skull on it liquid death what what's the death element of the water it's murder your thirst. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I love that it's like bro water. Like I'm going to oh, crush my thirst. They, they do really, I mean, seriously, they do a really great job <laughs> with marketing. And this is actually a really great thing to bring up for ADHDers. Not necessarily <laughs> liquid death, but in general, <laughs> if there's something that helps you do a thing that you're struggling with. Example, I struggle to drink water. Mm -hmm. When it's just like, oh, I have to go pour myself a glass of water, it doesn't happen. But if I spend money on this case of canned water, I drink so much of it. Because, Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, I just, I like it. It, It's probably in my head too that I think it tastes better, but I do. And whatever works, right? Whatever works. And that is a very cool can. It is. Yeah. You thought I, I was, was drinking a beer. And I'm just like, nope. I know. I think I, I'm hoping that we can make it okay to drink beer while we're recording. I think we that'd should. Great. Man, that would be yeah. a great episode. We should totally make it okay. <laughs> but back to your point yes. about when you're running late or you Please. can't find your keys yes. or anything. It's not just a one-off event it's not just all those executive function challenges pile up on each other and then of course when you're already stressed we know that that the prefrontal cortex where executive functioning happens goes twiddly do twiddly do twiddly do and then it's all a shit show mm-hmm. right? because if my husband for example he occasionally makes mistakes as well very rarely, but he will sometimes be late for something or forget to pay a bill or whatever. He doesn't go, I can't believe I've done this again. I'm such a shit person. I'm such a loser. I'm never going to amount to anything. He just goes, oh, shit, I forgot to pay a bill. I'd better sort that out. And oh, then does it, the which is also and then he does takes it. so much energy. Anyway, all of this is to say that usually by the time someone is diagnosed with ADHD, mm-hmm. things are already an issue, right? You don't get diagnosed with ADHD because things aren't an issue yet. It's when they become an yeah. issue. And I know a lot of people get diagnosed now as adults because we're learning so much. And really the reason that it seems like everyone's getting diagnosed with ADHD <laughs> is because of people advocating for it and the awareness being spread about it and the information being put out there. They just ran a study recently, and I think it's like 6% of the world has been diagnosed with ADHD. Last Mm -hmm. time I checked, that's not everyone. That is 6%. That is like 1 in 18 people. (laughs) Yeah. That isn't. And yeah, there's that. And then also... Typical, like if you're someone with ADHD, you're like, wow, it feels like everyone I know has ADHD. It's like, well, you you surround yourself with people that are like you. So there's a good chance they have it too, or some of them. And there's a good chance that your family has it because it's hereditary. So that's why it feels like your world is surrounded by ADHDers. Yeah. And I'm not worried about you and me because... (laughs) You know, let's say we can't get all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Same, I guess I am. But if we if we can't get our meds for some reason, sure. Well, it is. It actually is a problem. Okay. Okay, but but I know what you're saying. Yeah, we'll be okay. Yeah, we will be okay. We have developed lots of coping strategies. We really understand what's going on. We have a bit more awareness than the average bear, as we should, because this is literally our job. Mm -hmm. There are 
so many people that their lives are going to be really fucked if they cannot get their meds. And if you don't care about individuals, if you don't care about your neighbour who you look at and go, as if you have ADHD, why are you moaning about that? Like care about the fact that people who have untreated ADHD are seven times more likely to end up in jail, that they have 10 times the rate of unplanned conceptions, that the mortality rate for ADHD is 150% to general population, that if you have ADHD, you're like 850% more likely to have two comorbidities that come with ADHD, right? You should worry about that. You should worry about when people don't have their ADHD treated, they're more likely to have a car accident. Are we, our life expectancy, our life expectancy is like 10 years younger because of all these things. (sighs) Makes me really fucking mad. (laughs) And maybe it is a little bit of a Christmas thing as well, because I know that just speaking to my clients in the past couple of weeks, whether they're parents or whether they're adults with ADHD, it usually involves seeing family or friends that they don't see all the time and having to endure comments about their kids' behaviour, having to be in these generally... Yeah, about their own behaviour as well. Yeah, being in these emotionally charged situations where their ADHD is just fucking firing. They're out of their normal environment as well and we know that all those environmental supports make a big difference. (sighs) Anyway, I need to catch a breath, Ron. Sorry, you need to... Fucking rain me in. I I I'm think you're off. good. I'm giving you a long enough leash. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. have to rein it in. I it's the more you think about what I've I've always enjoyed the holidays, and I know a lot of people don't. A lot of my fellow ADHDers don't, and I think the reason is because masking is so important during the holidays. We mask so much, we get so burnt out by the holidays. When, when I take a look back at my year, my entire life, and I look at every year and I try to like find a pattern, I find that the middle to end of January is like the worst time for me. I'm either depressed, right. I'm struggling with something, life feels just hopeless. I, I have that, like I get the sads. For sure. And it's, it's a mix of a lot of things. I think it's a mix of reflecting on the previous years. Things have gotten better in that sense for me because I've been able to like actually want to accomplish certain things instead of for other people. I was doing it for myself. So that's changed. But the, the weather, especially here in the States sucks. It's cold. The days are shorter. There's not as much sunlight. You're not going out as much. So I'm trying to consciously make the decision to to go on walks more, try to find sunlight when it's available. I'm realizing that I'm masking more. There's a lot more interaction with people that you don't normally see. And that's when you find yourself masking, right? I've yeah. found it so much easier to unmask with people that I know really well. I still turn into someone. Like, and it's still me, right? Like even masking Mm -hmm. still is a part of you, but it's like, I have this context of how I'm supposed to act and it takes work. And the more you do that or with people that you haven't seen in a year or that, you know, have differences than you. And so you're trying to, you know, not cause a scene or arguments. And then Mm -hmm. they give you this whole, well, everyone's got a little ADHD and I fucking want to explode. Okay, okay, you should have reeled me in, Liz. That was no, your turn no. to reel me in. <laughs> Ron, can you please explain what masking is, what sure. it looks like? Because I think a lot of people don't really understand what that is. And, and I know that a lot of people, when they're diagnosed, don't really understand that they have been masking for a lot of their life. There's there's a couple different ways we use masking. And I think even just in that little rant I had, I used it two different ways. But when it comes to ADHD, masking is hiding your flaws, I think, 
hiding the things that, and by flaws, I mean like hiding the things you've been criticized about, right? Mm -hmm. We typically are very sensitive to rejection. So anything that's criticizable about us, we don't want to show people because then we have that fear of it being criticized again. And that sucks and we hate it and it's uncomfortable and it's almost painful, right? So I'm going to make sure that I'm presenting well, right? That I don't have a stain on my shirt, that my shirt's tucked in, that I'm wearing nice shoes that aren't dirty, that I'm somewhat, not clean, for me, clean shaven means like, oh, my beard's like, you know, brushed and it doesn't have food in it. (laughs) Maybe I'm not cursing. Maybe I'm like, you know, keeping that under wraps a little bit. Maybe I'm focusing extra hard on listening and asking questions to people instead of getting excited about something and talking. Maybe I'm tempering my excitement a little and holding that back. Mm -hmm. You know, all things that can be a side effect of ADHD symptoms or ADHD symptoms themselves, right? When it comes to the business world, right? I'm showing up extra early. I'm not telling people that I struggle with organization. I'm not explaining that I have trouble self-starting or motivating, right? A lot of times we mask on resumes. It's it's the part of us that, and people might relate to this, the idea of like the shadow self. We're hiding the uh-huh. part of us that we don't think people like. Yeah. And from a like self-care point of view, that is reinforcing to ourselves that we shouldn't like that part either. Yeah. And so by unmasking, what we're doing is we're allowing ourselves to be us. It is mm-hmm. not always safe to unmask. That's mm-hmm. to make perfectly clear, right? But that process of masking co- like take costs energy. Yes. And so the more we have to mask, the more tired and burnt out we can be. And that's where I think, going back to it, why January is a tough month for me. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. I think it's really interesting what you said about, you know, when you go to Christmas or get-togethers, you're being doing things like being conscious that you're groomed well and you know, looking sharp, looking like someone who's got their shit together, right? That is such a good example of controlling, uh, going after those factors that will make us seem like I've got my act together, right? And Christmas is a real, just, you know, the holiday period is a real tough time for me with that. And and I think for a lot of women as well, because Christmas is still considered women's work, I think. The women organise the food. Like what what are you going to bring? The women organise the presents. The women make the decisions about the secret Santa and everything. It's it's mo- I, I know this is a huge generalisation, but it's mostly totally, the women. I would say mo- yeah. well, you're, you're acknowledging it's a generalisation, but you're correct. But, but go ahead. I... It's funny because yeah. I would push back for me. I mean, I just dressed up as Santa the other. And this was actually the first year I, I didn't know. organize the secret Santa for our friends because I was really busy. But normally it's me. But anyway, continue. Totally, totally. And, <laughs> I'm and like, actually, Liz, yeah, I'm not. No, no it's fine. Continue. <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm actually reticent to say things like that because it is such a generalization. But it's true. And it needs to be said that it is a thing that happens and shouldn't as well. Well, I think my my point in saying that is that perhaps even if there is a fairer distribution of those responsibilities in your family or in your house, and I know that it's fairer in my family and in my house than it ever has been, mm-hmm. women still take on the responsibility for Christmas to be fucking magical. It's something that's been ingrained in you to like make sure it's your job. Yeah. Yes. And it's a a great example of, and I know that this was definitely the case for me, especially when I became a mother, 
I felt because of my executive function challenges, so ill-equipped to be the kind of mother that I thought I had to be, Mm. right? There are all these social norms around what a mother does, what a mother looks like, and I was bad at all of those things. So, you know, disorganized, really hard to set up routines, set up boundaries, I don't know, just all all the normal stuff, right? But put the layer on that of what I thought it meant to be a good woman, to be a good mother. I'm just kicking myself in the head constantly. So what I've always done around Christmas is like double down on trying to make it perfect, trying to make myself perfect. I always wear some stupid outfit to Christmas Day that makes my kids go, like, why, why are you wearing, like, a church dress to Christmas? Like, it's I, perfect, I, yeah. it's, I lose oh, wow. my mind. Mm-hmm. It's stupid and that's, exhausting. That's such a an interesting thing, too, not just with how people, like, how you look and during Christmas, but so many women in my life that are – either have di- been diagnosed with ADHD or we are pretty sure are undiagnosed but have ADHD, have a similar situation with whether it be how Christmas is presented, how their children act, how their house yes. looks when people come over. And, yeah, absolutely. And so how do you have a conversation with somebody? Here's Here's a good question for you. And I think, you know, for you listening, it's probably whether you deal with these similar questions, right? When you bring up your ADHD or you talk about ADHD or someone talks about it and they say these invalidating and hurtful things, I don't think they mean it to be hurting and invalidating. In fact, I'm almost positive they don't. But that yeah. whole, oh, yeah, AD, I'm sure I've got a little bit of that ADHD or oh, like squirrel, look over there, right? And Or like, oh, yeah, everyone's got that kind of thing. Or, mm-hmm. oh, it must be everyone being on their phones and stuff like that. What? How do you have a conversation about it, right? Because I think the first thing for me that I struggle with is the emotional dysregulation where mm-hmm. I feel that tension and that everything gets high for me, right? Like my hands mm-hmm. get higher, Everything just feels like this. My shoulders go up. I'm just like, Argh! and oh, it all, yeah. com- it's, it's the boiling point, right? Yeah. So I would say for me, first step is to lower the boiling point, like refocus on the boiling point. But then Liz, what are some things that you can say? How can you educate and not react? Because anytime we just react and get pissed, that puts the other person into this defensive place where we're not going to get anywhere and they're not going to hear you. So what do you do? So first of all, do you even need to say anything? That's a good point. Oh man, look at you calling me out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, or like you could just make a podcast and rant about it and then not have to say anything. That's one. That's step one. Make a podcast. But I'm not, I'm actually not angry at individual people in families who don't understand ADHD, who don't understand how hard your life is, because you like, we don't understand how hard their life is either. That's like, true. we don't understand what's going on for people. And I think that when people make those, in, in most cases, well, at least in some cases, right, when people make those comments, like, oh, everyone's got ADHD these days or, you know, some some comment that f- feels ignorant and is can be quite hurtful. Like, often they're just saying those things to sort of take the temperature down a little bit or they want to feel like they can chip in on the conversation. I, I think that we don't have to take it so personally. It's probably not about us. It probably has nothing to do with us. And we're talking today about these big systemic influences on whether enough drugs are being made, like why would Aunt Susan understand ADHD? Because <laughs> like, she's, never mind, fucking Aunt Susan better <laughs> you know? get it. No, I think totally. 
I, I do think there's a way, okay, then maybe not have the conversation, right? But how to, I don't know if deflects the right word, because I do think it's important to not just ignore it, not agree with it, yeah. right? What you know, Cause like, what, what would you do if, if like, I'll be Aunt Susan mm-hmm. and I'm okay. just like, Liz, I heard you're doing all this great stuff with the ADHD community. That's gotta be really weird. I mean, everyone's got ADHD, right? So what are you just, you're just a coach for everyone then, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Aunt Susan, first of all, thank you for acknowledging my success. And I'm very happy to see that you have removed some of your facial hair this year. Mm, Yeah. And yes, it's certainly... How dare you, Elizabeth? (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, it's ADHD is certainly getting a lot more attention. Well done. Okay. That was good, actually. Yeah. I know you were stalling to find the right thing to say, but I think you found it. (laughs) Well... I think that, okay, let's, there are different situations, right? And I think some, I'm not saying for a second, don't stand up for yourself. Right. And it's completely different if people are going after your kid. Like, if if you have a kid, especially, you know, those situations are really challenging for kids with ADHD. There's heaps of people there, like they're full of sugar and shit food and they're, unwrapping presents and everything. And there are all these kids that they might not have seen for ages. Stuff's going to happen. That's when I get really upset if people. I just thought of the one thing of just like, yeah, it looks like your kids having trouble, you know, following, following orders and directions over here. I I think a Mm -hmm. little bit of what's it called? God, I can't think of the word a little bit of tough love. Yeah. Well, I was going to say discipline. That was it. A little bit of discipline. Would do them some good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Christmas Day is really the time to start a whole new discipline regime in my house, yeah. for sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's when the comments about your kid are really hard to tolerate. Yeah. So I think that e- even with that, you are not going to be able to change people's perspectives in that environment. It's, it's really hard. I would say look after yourself, look after your family. If you need to take some time away, do that. Don't get too pissed. <laughs> Nothing's good when you're really hammered. And that's the other thing. I think people, if they're, and, and not just people with ADHD, if they're already feeling a bit heightened, what do we do? We just hit the booze. Mm, <laughs> Lots of people true. do that. It makes, when we're masking and exhausted, we feel like the booze is going to really help. Yeah, and then everyone's I have a solution. Go on then. What if we all, as a collective, ADHDers, just get a bunch of business cards made that just say, that was a real shit thing to say, but I know it's your ignorance, not your malice that caused you to say it. And we just hand them out to people at Christmas. That that won't cause a problem, right? That'll that'll just work out. I find that people really like to be called ignorant. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. I use ignorant. (laughs) I use the word ignorant a lot, even though it pisses people off because I'm ignorant on things. Ignorant just means that you're not, you don't understand. You haven't been educated on the situation, which, but ignorant sounds terrible. It sounds like you're a shit person. Well, it just sounds like you're like, a bigot or an idiot. Yeah, right. It has that, it has that sound to it. You know, certain words yeah. sound harsh. Like yeah. they've done that thing where if you pick two words and like this word sounds fluffy and this word sounds jagged, like ignorant mm-hmm. just sounds like you're calling me a bad name. Yeah. 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 So what, what's the fluffy version of ignorant? I understand this isn't a topic that's in your wheelhouse. <laughs> I like that. I like that. The other, just in general, it all people really like talking about themselves. That's true. Everyone loves talking about themselves. Flip it on them. Flip it. So if people, and I think that 
by virtue of having ADHD and feeling misunderstood all the time, we really want people to understand, right? So that is the goal. That is literally why I started making TikToks three years ago. (laughs) Yeah. And thank God for you. Mm. But if people like, like throw the bait over and the bait has a flavor of, I think you're wrong or I don't, uh, fuck, I don't know, whatever. I, I don't, Basically, all the things that are in your head that you think people are thinking about you, uh-huh. you just, you're hook, line, and sinker, right? Like you want to convince them that they're yeah. wrong. But if you can just whew, flip it back on them, ask them questions, it doesn't have to mean, why do you think that about ADHD? It could just be like, yeah, and what's happening with you, Aunt Susan? People will always love talking about themselves. That's an easy out. You're good, Liz. You're good. Do you practice? Are you a practicer of what you preach? Do you think, or do you ever get into arguments with people about this? Called out. <laughs> I don't really get, no, not anymore. Okay, I can't be good. bothered. Yeah, I can't be bothered. Yeah, how about you? I'm I'm getting better. As someone that had po- been posting a lot on the internet for the past couple of years. I have learned, I used to get into internet arguments a lot and they took a lot of my energy and things that could be used elsewhere and they never got anywhere and they just made me mad. They'd ruined my weekend. And so I'm learning to pick my battles. And even when I decide to have these battles, try to have perspective and try to see it from the other person's point of view. Cause like I was saying in the beginning, right, this isn't usually malice and you may have mm-hmm. that relative that just wants to piss you off and that sucks. Right. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. those people don't exist, but knowing that this person is just spouting off what they've heard or they've read or they saw on the totally. news. Right. Yeah. And maybe they are just trying to join in on the conversation and is can be helpful. It still may not make it all better, right? You're still going to be pissed. But kind of a maybe have a little maybe this is a little insight to what coaching is, but have a little coaching mindset, right? And be curious. Yeah. Maybe ask them why why they think that is. Mm-hmm. Having a conversation with Aunt Susan while maybe isn't going to move the needle to fix the med shortage, it might make my Christmas a little bit more bearable, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm able to learn how to navigate that conversation and I'm at least standing up for myself, which, which can help, right? I can get better at standing up for myself so that if I have this conversation with someone else, I'm prepared for it. Um, yeah. It really is, though, understanding that that reactive anger, even online sometimes, can just be, cannot get anything done other than to the people that already agree with you. The idea is to figure out how to lower people's defenses. And I think not everyone has that ability. And so maybe if you're listening to this, you're like, well, Sure, I would love to end the stigma of ADHD all over. But really, when I'm having a conversation with Aunt Susan, it's to protect myself. Yeah. And so if that's where you're at, figure out what you need to do to protect yourself. And it may be a little uncomfortable to protect future you, too. You may have to have that uncomfortable moment of like, hey, I know you think that, but it's really it's really hurtful to me. So yeah. if you want to, to learn more about it and have a real conversation, great. I can, I can send you some resources that might help. But until yeah. then, let's talk about something else. That might be a great way to do it too. And that's setting a boundary totally. and standing up for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that anyone's opinion was changed by being told that they're stupid and they don't no. know anything. Yeah, they're ignorant. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, nobody's ever changed their opinion right. based on that. I mean, we've seen that so many times over the past My few years. My go-to with- is something witty and like 
smart enough that like on the surface it doesn't really look insulting but it is insulting right (laughs) to where they kind of it feels insulting but they can't figure out why that's my go-to it's all it's always pretty fun as well to like just say nothing and then at the end of the day, like be in bed with your spouse, like eating cheesels and talking and, like, shit. Just what re- are cheesels? Talking shit about what are cheesels? Oh. Cheesels are like Cheetos, but they're a ring shape. Cheetos. Cheetos. Yeah, they're, they're balls, right? <laughs> no, those are cheese balls. Cheese balls. Okay, what are Cheetos? What shape are Cheetos they? Cheetos are like they look like sticks. Like they're oh, they're not just yeah. sticks. They're like they look like a twig on the ground. Like they're very like rough around the yeah. edge. Like, but they're like long. twisties. Like twisties. Yeah. Sure. I don't know what those are either. Liz, I think we need to just have we're gonna have an episode that is nothing ADHD. It's just explaining <laughs> things yeah. and to Australians and Americans, and it'll be great. Australian different. Yeah, Australian and U.S. differences. I think I really liked what you said about it's not your job to get rid of stigma. All you need to worry about, not you, Ron, like everyone, our, our 10 listeners, all they need to worry about is looking after yourself over Christmas. And right? your look family. after yourself, look your after kids. your family. And you don't have to take on every fight, you don't have to take on the battle. And if when those, I don't know, things are thrown at you, if you feel that big body reaction, if you get that big hot wave, like I I get that hot wave through my body and my skin goes all prickly, that might be a warning sign that this is not your time (laughs) to to speak up. Or it might be, I don't know, up to you. But you don't have to. You don't have to. You can just look after yourself. I love that. Well, yeah. I know we we wanted to talk about med stigma, but I think we really uncovered all the reasons why it's a thing. It's all of Mm -hmm. this. It's a lot of, and I'm going to use ignorance and not in a mean way, but it's a ton of ignorance around this. The people that are making these decisions do not have the information they need to make these decisions. They're usually made off of reactions from parents that are uninformed from teachers from doctors that i mean don't know anything about it and this is where they're getting their info from so i would say yeah educate yourself be informative on stigmas and Mm -hmm. do your best to not add to them yeah and look it's it's okay that just Aunt Susan and the everyday person doesn't have all the information they need around ADHD. Like that is actually totally cool. That's not sure. their fault. The FDA commissioner should be across ADHD. It's not okay for the FDA commissioner to say that ADHD medications are overprescribed and that people abuse stimulants. Stimulants are frontline treatment for ADHD. There is like decades worth of research that prove its efficacy, the efficacy and the safety of stimulant medications. The experts agree on this. It saved saved my life and many people I love's lives. Yes. And so those are the stories that aren't being told. We're hearing the stories of someone abusing it, right? You had even mentioned before, we had talked about the, you know, in Australia, you don't really have the problem in schools of people. Like, I'll just tell you, ADHD meds were sold at our, anybody could get them in college. Like you could, like, it was just everywhere. Even at the time, my understanding of what ADHD meds were was that I took them so that I could study. That's what I was told to use them for and that I didn't need to use them all the time. And that was it. And now I'm learning that they help with emotional regulation. They help me feel normal. And I mean, if you can't make your own dopamine store-bought is fine. Totally. And, and it's really important. I think that 
for our Australian listeners to understand the difference there and understand where so much of the stigma about ADHD meds come from. I read a statistic that said that in the US, a huge population of the, like something like 50% or something of Americans have at some point tried an ADHD drug. And and that's not to say that it was their prescription, that they were diagnosed. Yeah. That, so that's, that's abusing ADHD meds, okay? Mm-hmm. That is not a thing in Australia, at least not in a significant way. It is so hard to, to get ADHD meds. And prescribers are already stretched to their limits that this stigma, it hurts people. It really, it hurts the people who are working in the field. It hurts families. It hurts kids. It hurts individuals. And I know that when I started taking medication for ADHD, the biggest effect that I noticed is that I stopped having car accidents. (laughs) So I stopped just running up the back of people looking out the window. (laughs) So that's, it's, it's a genuine safety thing. Like I got, I did well at school. I got degrees. I'm, I've got a great family. I'm functional, but now I'm also safe on the roads. You're welcome. <laughs> Look at how many lives may have been saved because of that. <laughs> no, I, totally. I, I agree with you. It's so hard for us because, and we, we kind of say this, you know, we, we don't have the qualifications to diagnose, to prescribe medication, but we can absolutely talk about our experiences on it. And yeah. it's, it has saved so many lives that I know offhand personally and, you know, including my own, I find that I'm, my day feels more in control. There are some days when I don't take medication that all of a sudden it's nighttime and I feel like I was zoned out the whole day. Like that, it just, I, I never connected to anything. And that, sucks. that is no way to live. Yeah. It feels totally. great to have dopamine. It, just, it feels it really, really great to feel like I have control over things that I want to do. I feel like yeah. a sense of accomplishment for doing the dishes. Holy shit. It feels great, guys. Totally. I'm telling you, it's a good feeling. Go out and get it. Snowball effect. Yeah. Oh my God, Ron, I am busting for a way. Dude, like we've been talking for a while. Thank, oh. thank you guys for listening. Uh, Wiz, Wiz, Wiz is going to have a wee. Oh, shit. I'm Wiz, go get a wee. Okay. <laughs> I love you guys. Yeah. Happy holidays. Yeah. Thanks thank you for, for listening to me rant. Yeah. We're just going to have ranting episodes every once in a while, but we'll see you guys later. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram account at I Forgot Pod. <laughs> Liz is like, oh my God, finish right now. Or, or visit our website at I Forgot to Tell You.com. Is that what it is, right? It's I Forgot to yes. Tell You.com. Yes, 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 yes. And um, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts like Spotify and Apple and tell all your friends. Liz is going to peer pants, so we're going to go and we'll see you next time. Yes. And next time I see you, I'll be ovulating and I'll be in a great mood. So look yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye.